Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coffee Break French Magazine, Season 1, Episode 6. Bonjour et bienvenue à Coffee Break French. Moi, c'est Marc. Et moi, c'est toujours Pierre Benoît. Et nous sommes de retour après l'été. Oh, c'est super, je suis tout bronzé. Ouais, moi aussi. Euh, toi, tu es moins bronzé que moi, mais c'est normal. <rire> tout à fait, tout à fait. Moi, j'ai pas passé quatre semaines en France. Hein. Ah, ok, enfin, ok, ok. En, Peut-être même pas, même pas quatre, cinq ou six, je sais non, pas. Non, non, on va dire quatre, on va quatre. dire quatre. Ok, d'accord. Alors, qu'est-ce que tu as fait de beau Oh ben déjà, bien sûr, j'ai revu tout, toute ma famille, tous mes oui. amis. Oui. Et puis surtout, j'ai passé du temps sur la plage. Oh, j'ai fait beaucoup bien. de vélo parce que j'aime bien le vélo oh, euh, l'été. Et puis, euh, quoi d'autre Bon, c'est vrai que j'ai bien mangé, j'ai bien bu. Et Ça, c'est important voilà. aussi pendant l'été, n'est-ce pas Exactement, exactement, <rire> exactement. Alors, euh, nous Et toi, avons... est-ce que tu as fait des choses intéressantes Oui, enfin, j'ai voyagé un petit peu. Ouais. Euh, nous sommes partis en vacances en famille à, à l'île de Mallorca, en Espagne. Très bien. C'était génial, j'ai adoré. Ouais. Et ensuite, euh, bah, quoi d'autre Oui, j'ai aussi euh, visité la Suède. Très bien. Je suis allé à Stockholm. C'était la première fois, très vite, je te demande. Non, mais... non, je connais bien Stockholm, j'adore. D'accord, et puis, euh, bah, je suis aussi descendu en, en France, en fait. Euh... D'accord, oui. Est-ce qu'on a le droit de, de dire ce qu'on a fait bah, <rire> Peut-être pas, peut-être pas. Oui, en fait, we will reveal what we were up to in, in France uh, at a later date, uh, because it's not quite ready yet. But yeah, we were doing some filming in, uh, uh, well, in France over the summer, and we look forward to sharing the results of that with you. <laughs> Indeed. We are not heading to France first for this uh, episode. We're actually heading to another French-speaking country, uh, talking about an interesting aspect, an interesting aspect of culture. Oui. Indeed, the ninth art, as oui. they say. The ninth art, the neuvième art. Est-ce que tu es prêt alors? C'est parti. Alors, en fait, nous nous rendons euh, en Belgique. Oui, pour commencer. Donc, euh, c'est à toi, Suzy. Le 9e art, ça vous dit quelque chose En fait, c'est tout simplement la bande dessinée, que l'on appelle en langage courant la BD. Pour nos amis belges, c'est un art à part entière. La production de bande dessinée commence dans ce pays avec la création des aventures de Tintin par le dessinateur Hergé en 1929. Le nom RG est le pseudonyme de Georges Rémy, formé de ses initiales RG. Le personnage de Tintin est un jeune reporter aventurier, facilement reconnaissable par sa fameuse houppette. Il est souvent accompagné de son chien, Milou, et du capitaine Haddock. Grâce à son flair infaillible, Tintin arrive à résoudre des mystères au cours de ses nombreux voyages à travers le monde. Il y a aussi une autre série belge qui est aussi mondialement connue, qui s'appelle les Schtroumpfs. Savez-vous comment elle s'appelle en anglais Ok, je vous donne quelques indices. 
Elle a été créée en 1958 par Peyo, le pseudonyme de Pierre Culifort. Les personnages sont des petits lutins bleus. Ils sont habillés d'un bonnet et d'un pantalon blanc. Et ils habitent un village de champignons en plein forêt. Alors ça y est, vous avez deviné Bravo, en anglais, c'est The Smurfs. Alors pourquoi le mot schtroumpf Ça viendrait d'une conversation entre Peyo et un autre auteur de BD, lui aussi très connu, qui s'appelle Franquin. Peyo aurait demandé à Franquin de lui passer quelque chose dont il avait oublié le nom, en lui disant « passe-moi le schtroumpf ». Le terme schtroumpf aurait donc la même signification que les mots « truc »,« machin » ou « bidule ». Mais vous savez, les Français aussi se défendent pas mal dans le domaine de la bande dessinée. Si je vous dis Astérix et Obélix, ça vous met la puce à l'oreille Créé par le scénariste René Goscinny et le dessinateur Albert Uderzo, Astérix est une série de bandes dessinées françaises qui apparaît en 1959. Les personnages principaux, Astérix et Obélix, sont des Gaulois qui luttent contre les envahisseurs romains à l'aide d'une potion magique qui leur donne une force surhumaine. Et voilà pour ces trois classiques de la bande dessinée franco-belge. Peut-être en connaissez-vous d'autres Quoi qu'il en soit, le 9e art reste un excellent moyen de divertissement et d'approfondissement de la langue française. Très intéressant. Alors toi, ça te, ça te plaît tout ce qui est BD Ah, j'adore les BD. D'ailleurs, j'ai grandi avec, euh, avec les BD. Je, quand j'étais plus jeune, quand j'étais môme, je n'aimais pas trop lire euh, tout ce qui était roman, euh, euh, les choses que, que mes sœurs lisaient. Mm -hmm. Moi, c'était vraiment les, les bandes dessinées. Donc, euh, après l'école ou alors le mercredi après-midi, le mercredi matin aussi, j'allais à la bibliothèque euh, municipale et je dévorais les, les BD. Très bien. I actually think that comics and, and graphic novels are, are actually a fantastic tool for a language learner because what you're seeing there is, is kind of like what I was seeing in the last episode when we were talking about please. What you're seeing in a, a, a bande dessinée is speech. It's what people see. Yeah. There's less uh, sort of description. Mm -hmm. It's what people are seeing. So that's the kind of language that is actually very useful for a language learner. So I think there's a huge place. So it's, it's a very good uh, starting point. Absolutely. And quite often because of the, the nature of it, you're, you're seeing a quite colloquial language and, mm -hmm. and sort of figurative language. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a definitely a good way to go if you're interested in uh, developing your, your cultural awareness and indeed your <laughs> linguistic awareness. Let us go back through our text now. Of course, we'll talk through it in detail and uh, Pierre Benoit will, will read the, the text now. C'est parti, ok. Le neuvième art, ça vous dit quelque chose? So, the ninth art. <laughs> Does that mean something to you? En fait, c'est tout simplement la bande dessinée que l'on appelle en langage courant la BD. So in fact, it's quite simply la bande dessinée, uh, comics, comic strips, que l'on appelle en langage courant la BD, that one calls in current language, in informal language, la BD. BD is of course short for la bande dessinée. So we're talking about BD here. Pour nos amis les Belges, c'est un art à part entière. Okay, for our friends, the Belgians, les Belges, and of course that has a capital letter because we're talking about Belgian people as a noun, yep. and when we, are, we, we talk about a, a nationality that as a noun, then we capitalize. 
So, pour nos amis les Belges. But when it's an adjective, we it don't be, need to. Yeah, it would be small. Because so, in English, you would. Yes, of course. C'est un art à part entière. So, it's a, an art form all of, of its own. Of its own, yeah, its own, to, yeah. To, all to itself. Mm -hmm. La production de bande dessinée commence dans ce pays avec la création des aventures de Tintin par le dessinateur Hergé en 1929. Okay, so the production of comics commence dans ce pays. So we're talking about Belgium here. We've mentioned les Belges, so referring to ce pays, it's obviously Belgium. It starts in this country with the creation of uh, the adventures of Tintin by the drawer, the, the cartoonist. cartoonist, thank you, Hergé in 1929. Yeah. Now, let's go back to that commence. Commence is the present tense. What's going on here? It's a narration, uh, present of narration, and you use it um, when you want to, 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 to say different facts. Yeah, like, so we're, we're recounting facts that happened in the past, but you can use this present of narration, this présent de narration, Uh, to reflect what those things were in the past. It gives it a, perhaps a, a more present feel. Mm. Well, it's, it's like timeless as well. Yeah. So it was designed by, or it was drawn by Hergé in 1929, and we're given a little more information about the name Hergé. Le nom Hergé est le pseudonyme de Georges Rémy, formé de ses initiales. Which are, of course... Well, G-R, but it became the other way around, Hergé. Okay, so Hergé, you may have heard of Hergé's Adventures of Tintin. There used to be a voice that announced <laughs> it like that. Hergé's Adventures of Tintin. So Hergé is a, a pseudonym of Georges Rémy, and it's formed by his initials, which are, of course, are of course G-R, but very often when you give your name in French, you would give the surname first and then your, your forename afterwards. So uh, Rémy Georges. Toi, tu serais Hério Pernois. Oui. OK, moi, je serais Pendleton Mark. Ah, oui, oui. <laughs> so, Hergé are the initials, and that's how the name Hergé was formed. So, it's spelled H-E-R-G-E acute when you write it out in full. But what we're actually seeing are the initials R-G, standing for Rémy Georges. Voilà. Clever. Le personnage de Tintin est un jeune reporter aventurier, facilement reconnaissable par sa fameuse houppette. Ok, so that, that's not everyday vocabulary there, houppette, but you may recognize it, especially Pourquoi, if you've ever seen... Pourquoi tu n'en as pas, non Non, je n'en ai pas. Moi, j'en ai encore une petite. Ah, quand même. <laughs> so you may have seen pictures of Tintin with his houppette, and we'll explain what that is in just a moment. So let's go back through the sentence. Le personnage de Tintin... The character of Tintin est un jeune reporter aventurier is a young reporter slash adventurer facilement reconnaissable easily recognizable par sa fameuse houppette by his famous houppette and the houppette is the little tuft of hair that he has at the, the front I think it's it's called in English a quiff hairstyle or something uh -huh. like that uh -huh. okay yeah. so And I think uh, it comes in, in French, it comes from la, uh, the, the wee bird, I think, la, la huppette. La huppette. So, Interestingly. La, I don't know if it comes from that, but it's yeah. very much associated as far as I'm concerned. Well, the huppette has a little sort mm -hmm. of sticky up bit yeah. at, the, at the front um, on, on, its, on its head. But it hasn't got the O. It hasn't got the it's O. So we're, we're talking about huppette versus Oupette, uh, H-O-U. Yeah. And the oupette is used, I think, for a powder puff oh, when right. you're... 
putting on I don't really know what yeah, you do no, with the powder no, you puff. do you know much you more than put on makeup, makeup or take off makeup or something like that <laughs> okay so let's move on before we get uh, even more confused here uh, so what about uh, what else about Tintin do we know il est souvent accompagné de son chien Milou et du capitaine Haddock. So he's often accompanied by his dog Milou mm-hmm. and by Captain Haddock, the other two or two other characters in, in the stories. Can I ask you, accompagné de or accompagné par? I think both are acceptable, Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. I personally prefer to use de. Okay. It's a preference. Okay. Um, I mean, I could look into that further. Another, another stage, episode. Yeah, another yeah. episode. So, um, we, if, if you had heard, il est souvent accompagné par son chien, that doesn't shock you, or does it? I don't like it. You don't like it. Okay. <laughs> so, it's a, a personal language thing, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I think it is, it is there. Yeah, accompagné de quelqu'un. Right, before we go on and we continue, um, Mark, what about Milou? Milou? Yeah, the, the, the dog. The chien, the chien, yeah. Um, this dog is a white dog. Good. And I think in English he's not called Milou. Ah, no. I think he's called Snowy. Well done. What about uh, Captain Haddock? Well, Captain Haddock, I think, is okay, yeah. Je m'en doutais un petit peu avec un nom comme ça. Il y avait aussi le Professeur Tournesol. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Professeur Tournesol in English is Professor Calculus. Ah bon, ça so we've got a, a mathematical thing compared uh-huh. with a sunflower in, <laughs> in French. I have no Et idea what's going on there. Il y avait ce que j'aimais bien qui était complètement... Euh, euh, qui était rigolo, euh, les frères jumeaux, euh, ouais. les, les, frères du, les frères Dupont. Dupont, hein. Dupont et Dupont. Dupont et Dupont. Dupont et Dupont. Les Dupont deux. et Dupont. Ouais. Les, les deux, ouais. Ouais. Parce qu'en anglais, on dit the Thompson twins, the, the ah. Thompson and Thompson. Now, the interesting thing here is for any uh, 80s people out there, people who grew up in the 80s and enjoyed 80s music, the group, the pop, the, the pop group, Thompson Twins, uh-huh. uh, which, uh, well, that was a pop group back in uh, about 1985 or something like that. J'étais très jeune, je m'en souviens pas. Moi aussi, bien sûr. But they were named after the Thompson Twins wow. in, uh, Tintin. in Tintin. C'est super, super. Brilliant song Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins from about 1985, I think. Hold Me Now. Hold Me Now. Now, okay. Yeah. Okay. Not the song by Johnny Logan that won the Eurovision Song Contest no, no. around the same time, Hold Me Now, but this is the Thompson Twins, Hold Me Now. Anyway, yeah, we're totally J'écouterai going off. Ce, ça ce soir. Très bien, très bien, tu me diras <laughs> ce que tu en penses. D'accord, je le ferai. Okay, let's come back to our text. Grâce à son flair infaillible, Tintin arrive à résoudre des mystères au cours de ses nombreux voyages à travers le monde. So thanks to his infallible flair, his powers of deduction perhaps, mm-hmm. Tintin uh, successfully solves mysteries uh, during his numerous voyages, travels around the world. Okay, so much for Tintin. Let's move on to the second uh, comic that is referred to here. Il y a aussi une autre série belge qui est aussi mondialement connue qui s'appelle Les Schtroumpfs. So there's also another Belgian series which is also uh, known throughout the world which is called... Uh, ah. Les Schtroumpfs. Savez-vous comment elle s'appelle en anglais? So, do you know what Les Schtroumpfs is called in English? Mm? Ok, je vous donne quelques indices. So, I give to you some clues, des indices, some clues. Numéro 1, elle a été créée en 1958 par Peyo. So, it was created, and watch that créé. It always gives you some confusion, because when you're writing it, you think, how many E acutes do I put in here? Elle a été créée. So there's the C-R-E acute of the infinitive. Mm-hmm. 
So C-R-E acute E-R would be your infinitive. So your stem is C-R-E acute. And then if you're using the past participle, then it would be C-R-E acute E acute. And here, because we're talking about une série, we've got to make cré agree. Right. So that's actually spelled C-R-E acute E acute E. But be careful here because you can all spot L-R, which is avoir. Mm -hmm. But because we have E-T after it, we need to agree. So cré has the E acute, the first E acute from the stem, from the mm -hmm. infinitive. Then we've got the E acute from the past participle. And then you've got the extra E because we need to agree. Absolutely. Ooh. So it was created in 1958 by Peyo. Yeah, le pseudonyme de Pierre Culliford. So that's the, another pseudonym, uh, and that's uh, the pseudonym of, of Pierre Culliford. Okay. Indice numéro 2, les personnages sont des petits lutins bleus. So the characters are little um, blue, and I've forgotten the word for, for lutin in, in English. A, a goblin. A goblin, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so little blue goblins. Indice numéro 3. Ils sont habillés d'un bonnet et d'un pantalon blanc. So they are dressed in a, a white hat and trousers. Mm -hmm. Et ils habitent un village de champignons en pleine forêt. And they live in a village of mushrooms in the middle of the forest. <laughs> I think we've maybe got, got guessed who these are. J'espère. Alors ça y est. So is that it? Vous avez deviné? Have you guessed? Bravo. En anglais, c'est... The Smurfs. <laughs> In English, it's the Smurfs, of course. Les Schtroumpfs, the Smurf. But what about this word, Schtroumpf? What does Schtroumpf actually mean? Alors, pourquoi le mot Schtroumpf? So why the word Schtroumpf? Ça viendrait d'une conversation entre Peyo et un autre auteur de BD, lui aussi très connu, qui s'appelle Franquin. I think this grammatically is fascinating here, okay? It's said to come from a conversation between Peyo and another uh, BD author, so another comic strip uh, author. He is also very well known, and he's called Franquin. But we need to come back on viendrait yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. What's this all about? This conditional viendrait, uh -huh. that would come from yeah. a conversation. But tell us yeah, more about Yeah, it's this. giving this idea of, of doubt. We, we, we think, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, it seems it's to appear. Same. Yeah. That, you know, so it's not, it's, it's, it's stronger than a rumor, uh -huh. but it's not 100% okay. um, authentic. You know, we can't say for sure mm -hmm. that it's, it comes from this. And, and in French, you, you can do that using the conditional. I think it's a great, great um, a tool here. Okay, we're, we're going to see another example of this, but even more grammatically interesting in the next sentence. But I guess if we were translating that into English, we could say it appears to come from or is said to come from something like that. So just introducing an element of, hmm, we're not quite sure, but apparently mm -hmm. it comes from yeah. and so on. So let's look at the next sentence and look out, see if you can identify what tense we've got here in this next sentence. Peyo aurait demandé à Franquin de lui passer quelque chose dont il avait oublié le nom. There's so much in this one sentence that I'm, I'm just having this little, you know, grammar uh, moment here. So let's first of all look at our tense. Peyo aurait demandé à Franquin. We're telling a story. And if, we're told, if we told that story in normal situations, we would simply say, Peyo a demandé à Franquin. So Peyo asked Franquin to pass him something. Mm -hmm. But because we're still in this sort of apparently, this is said to have happened. It's supposed to be true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not just using a normal perfect tense. No. We're using a beautiful conditional perfect tense. Yeah. Peyo aurait demandé 
à Franquin. So he literally would have asked. Ah, uh-huh, that's but we don't say that in English, do we, no, Mark? No, 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 you can't say that in English. Well, you could say he would have asked, yeah. but it means something totally different. But in French, it's this idea of he is said to have asked, or he apparently asked uh, Franquin de lui passer quelque chose dont il avait oublié le nom. Dont il avait oublié le nom. That's beautiful. Uh-huh. He had forgotten the name of that thing, okay? Yeah. So he asked him to pass him something of, of which. which he had forgotten the name or whose name he had forgotten. Dont il, a, dont il avait oublié le nom. En lui disant. Uh, and, 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 and saying to him, by saying to him. Passe-moi le, le, le schtroumpf. Pass me the schtroumpf. <laughs> the thingy? <laughs> the thingy or the thingamajig or the... the that whatever it is. I don't know what we'd say in English. <laughs> le terme schtroumpf aurait donc la même signification que les mots truc, machin ou bidule. Ok, I love these words. So the term schtroumpf um, is said to have the same uh, meaning as the words truc, machin. Or bidule. Yeah. I love the word bidule. I think it's a brilliant <laughs> word. <laughs> a brilliant word to talk about uh, something uh, whose name we've forgotten. So, de quelque chose dont nous avons oublié le nom. Le nom, oui. Euh, chez moi, dans oui. ma région, il y a le bidule, en fait, euh, fait référence à, à, à un pub. Ah bon Oui, un pub très connu à la Baule, je peux le faire. Je ne sais pas s'il existe toujours, ah ouais. hein, j'en suis pas sûr. Et quand tu, quand tu es entré dans le, dans le pub, il n'y avait que des tonneaux. Ouais. Et donc, tu, 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 en fait, tu, tu consommais euh, tes, tes boissons, tes servis ouais. sur un tonneau. Un tonneau. <laughs> That's it. C'est cool. <laughs> voilà. Excellent. That's for our listeners. And if you couldn't remember the name for a, a tonneau, you could just say, ah, ce, ce, ce bidule. Ce bidule. <laughs> <laughs> voilà. Très bien. OK. Let's go on. Mais vous savez, les Français aussi se défendent pas mal dans le domaine de la bande dessinée. But, you know, French people uh, also do quite well when it comes to bande dessinée, when it comes to comic strips. Si je vous dis Astérix et Obélix, ça vous met la puce à l'oreille So if I say to you Astérix and Obélix, literally, does that put the flea in your ear? Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean something to you? Does yeah. that get your mind yeah. ticking? Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with a ring as well? Did you say like... no, does that ring a bell? Of yeah, course, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought I was thinking. Um, Créé par le scénariste René Goscinny et le dessinateur Albert Uderzo. So, created by the... Uh, how would you say scénariste in, in English? Someone who writes a story. So, so a storyteller? Storyteller, yeah. Okay, so he, he tells the story and then the artist, yeah. Albert Uderzo... The cartoonist. The cartoonist. Yeah. So, created by the, the storyteller René Goscinny and the uh, cartoonist, Albert Uderzo. Astérix est une série de bandes dessinées françaises qui apparaît en 1959. Les personnages principaux, Astérix et Obélix, sont des Gaulois qui luttent contre les envahisseurs romains So the characters, the principal characters, Asterix and Obelix, are Gaulois. So these are the Gauls mm-hmm. um, who battle against the invaders, the Roman invaders. À l'aide d'une potion magique qui leur donne une force surhumaine. So uh, with the aid of a magic potion which gives to them a superhuman power. Yeah. Très bien. 
Et voilà pour ces trois classiques de la bande dessinée franco-belge. So there you go, that's it for these three classics of uh, franco-belge, so French and Belgian uh, cartoons. Peut-être euh, en connaissez-vous d'autres Perhaps you know more. Quoi qu'il en soit, le 9e art reste un excellent moyen de divertissement et d'approfondissement de la langue française. So whatever the case, the 9th art, we refer to that right back at the beginning, is an excellent means of enjoyment and of deepening your knowledge of the French language. I think that, to, to be honest, I've, I've never really been into BD, I have to admit. Toi, tu, tu aimes ça hein? Moi, j'adore. Justement, euh, on, on a mentionné Peyo. Oui. Et Peyo a écrit des aventures, mais, mais fabuleuses, fantastiques, de, de, de Johan. Oui. C'est dans les, dans les temps médiévaux, uh -huh. hein, au Moyen-Âge. Et, et j'adore. D'ailleurs, je voudrais aller les retrouver, les acheter toute la collection. Ouais, I, I would love to do that. Yeah. Honestly, Mark. Yeah. I think what what always strikes me. I, I mean, I, I've obviously I'm, I'm hugely interested in all things about French culture and, and Belgian <laughs> culture and so on. And I think one of the things that I often think is that there are areas where the the general culture associated with a language is so important. And everyone growing up, is, you know, speaking French in France or Belgium knows these stories as part of their, their childhood and part of their, their upbringing. Of so you've got this massive part of the culture that's missing if you don't get into one particular area. So it's, it's definitely an area yeah. that I, and, I would like to look at more. And see the last one we mentioned, Goscinny and Uderzo. I mean, they, they also created Lucky Luke. Have you ever heard uh -huh, of Lucky Luke? I've heard of Lucky Luke, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So when Jolly Jumper, the horse and, and the Daltons, the uh -huh. Dalton, and, and I think that was also very, very, very uh, popular. Popular, you know? yeah. yeah. Very I think they're, they're fantastic. And I know that for a, for a fact that the, the, I mentioned last time that there was a, a, a French-Canadian playwright that I had oh, studied. Michel Tremblay. Tremblay, indeed. Ouais, ouais. Um, so I studied him at, at university, but I know that there were people who at that stage and even now were studying uh, Les BD okay. as a, a, a university special topic yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it is, you know, that there's, there's a lot of depth to that. I, th I think people underrate Uh, the, the power of, of bande dessinée mm -hmm. or, or fairy tales. Yeah. And I remember when I was at uni, Monsieur Maître, I'm sorry I say his name, but <laughs> he's, he's um, and I hope he's still, he's still with us, yeah. <laughs> uh, always told us, you know, when you go home, just read stories, you know, like your Pinocchio, your uh, La Belle au Bois Dormant, Blanche Neige et les Sept Nains. Uh -huh. And then because the language is easy, but you see some, some very useful language and some tenses that, for example, the, le, le passé simple. Exactly. Okay? Uh, that, that's the best way Of, of getting used to it. Yep. Okay. Well, there you have it. That's our text for today. We hope you've enjoyed it and we hope we haven't waffled on too much about the, <laughs> the, the bande dessinée. We'll be back in just a moment with our phone-in. If you'd like to take your French that bit further, then you may consider signing up for one of our premium courses on the Coffee Break Academy. There's something for everyone, from absolute beginners up to advanced learners, and the premium materials include lesson notes, transcripts, video lessons, exercises, and vocabulary guides, depending on which course you opt for. Head over to coffeebreakacademy.com to find out more. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. Now, this is the part of the show where the Coffee Break listener becomes the star of the show. And this week's star of the show is Tony Baker. Tony, thank you for sending in your question. Let's have a listen to what Tony is asking. Hi, Mark and Pierre Benoit. This is Tony from Victoria in British Columbia, Canada. Um, my wife and I have really enjoyed um, listening to Coffee Break French to, to the podcast and, and the other materials that you provide is been a, a great resource for us to to brush up on our French. Um, we just came back from a, a trip to to Normandy in France, and um, my question relates to to our experience there. And that's when is it appropriate, or are there differences in using uh, "new" compared with "en"? So, if somebody asks, "Where are you going?" Uh, we you could say we could say. Uh, nous allons à Saint-Melo, or on va à Saint-Melo. Is one more casual than the, the other? And are there any cultural implications or differences here, as there would be for when to use vous compared with tu? Très bonne question. Merci beaucoup, Tony. There is obviously a difference in terms of the actual form of the verb between on and nous. So, on uses the third person singular and nous uses the first person plural. So on uses the same part as il and elle and of course nous uses a different part. But in terms of the meaning, on and nous are really kind of interchangeable these days at least. Let's look at some examples. If we say uh, we're back, we could say nous sommes de retour using the nous sommes part of the verb. Or we could say, on est de retour. We're back. On est de retour. On est. So, on. And then the third person singular of the verb, on est, just like il est or elle est. On est de retour. Nous sommes de retour. They mean the same thing. Now, literally, on means one. One is back. <laughs> on est de retour. But it doesn't have that sort of more posh sound, that more formal sound as it would have in English if we said, one is back. One has returned. It's definitely not like that in French. Indeed, on is slightly more informal than nous. And that's why you're more likely to see nous in written French, although that is changing. We see on more and more in written French these days. And there are perhaps some purists who would see this as heresy and unacceptable, while others would say that it's all about language evolution and we need to accept on as a substitute for nous in any situation. 
uh, I, I was speaking to Pierre Benoit about this earlier, and he was saying that he always advises students to be aware of the situation, to use on to their heart's content in conversation, but to stick to nous in more formal situations. So, for example, in written documents or even exams, perhaps best to stick to nous. Just make sure, whichever one you choose, you use the correct verb form. One final little thing here, and that is the whole situation about agreements with on. Traditionally, when you used on in a perfect tense or a pluperfect tense, any compound tense, you would not agree your past participle with the subject of the sentence. So, for example, on est allé, we went. You're talking about we here, but because you're using on, you don't traditionally include the S on the end or the ES if it's a group of females. However, this also is changing and you'll see very often uh, the agreement of the past participle with on. There's lots of discussion about this. Some people believe you should never agree. Some people believe you should always agree. I guess it's up to each individual person to decide and perhaps to go along with what seems to be uh, the, 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 the accepted use of the time. Tony, I hope this helps you in your understanding of on and nous. And thank you once again for sending us your question. If you have a question like Tony, then you can let us know by contacting us on our voicemail lines. You can call in the UK 0141 416 6880 and just follow the instructions. Uh, or in the US, it's 347 474 6880. And in Australia, it's 0872006880. Or if you prefer, just head to coffeebreakquestions.com and you can leave us a message on the website. Alors, on est de retour avec Suzy. On est de retour et nous sommes de retour <laughs> tous les deux avec Suzy pour euh, la cerise sur le gâteau. The cherry and the cake for this episode. Suzy, comment vas-tu? Super, merci, oui. Alors, qu'est-ce que tu as pour nous aujourd'hui? Euh, aujourd'hui, nous avons des jeux de mots. Ah, des jeux de mots, j'aime ça. Alors, raconte-nous ce que tu as trouvé. Well, let's begin with two of the names of the characters um, of one of the bandes dessinées mm-hmm. we looked at in our text. Uh, Asterix is a play on the word asterisk. Okay. asterisk. <laughs> this is actually one of my, my pet hates, my, my bête noire. Um, when, I, when I hear people saying, uh, or oh, just put an asterisk on the, 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 the word or something like that. Like, oh, no, it's an asterisk. So asterisk en, en français, et bien sûr son nom est Asterix. C'est voilà, ça? c'est ça. OK. Um, and obelix, of course, is an obelisk. An obelisk. So not a, a grammatical term or anything like that, but we're talking about one of these columns or something mm-hmm. like that, an obelisk. Uh, so it's obelix as opposed to obelisk. Voilà. And what other plays on words have you come across? OK, let's see if you can work this one out. Mon père est mère. Mon frère est ma sœur. Okay, wait a minute. Mon père est mère. My father is mother. Mon frère est ma sœur. My brother is my sister. I'm, I'm very confused. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So what exactly is going on here? Well, we need to think about how these words are spelled. So mon père est mère. M-A-I-R-E. Ah, mère. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my father is a mère. Voilà. 
mon frère et ma sœur, M-A-S-S-E-U-R. Oh, so he's a, a masseur. He, he does massages. <laughs> C'est ça. So, my father is a mayor and my brother is a massage artist or something like that. Mon père et mère, mon frère et ma sœur. I like that one. Okay, have you got anything, anything else? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see um, if you can figure this one out. Dans la gendarmerie, quand un gendarmerie, tous les gendarmeries dans la gendarmerie. There's a lot of gendarmerie going on there. A gendarmerie is the police station. La gendarmerie, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, so what's happening? Okay, so the first one, dans la gendarmerie, is in the police station. Mm-hmm. The second one is, quand un gendarmerie. Ah, okay, quand un gendarme. So when a policeman laughs. Tous les gendarmeries. I see what's happening here. <laughs> Tous les gendarmes, plural, all the policemen, rient, R-I-E-N-T, laugh. Dans la gendarmerie. In the police station. That's it. So dans la gendarmerie, quand un gendarmerie, tous les gendarmeries, dans la gendarmerie. J'adore ça, j'adore ça. Ben, merci beaucoup, Suzy. De rien. Et alors, ça y est pour un autre épisode de Coffee Break French. Oui, il est temps de tourner la page. Oui, exactement. Tourner <rire> la page et voir ce qu'il y a de l'autre côté. Voilà. We will be back next time with another text for you and another phone in and another uh, icing on the cake. The, the, la cerise sur le gâteau. La cerise sur le gâteau, merci. Um, but of course, until then, you can check out our premium version of the Coffee Break French magazine and you can do so at coffeebreakfrench.com. The premium version offers a full transcript of of this text and indeed all our discussions. So the discussion in in French, when we have a chat in French at the beginning of the episode, all of that is written out in full. And, uh, well, we we apologise to the rest of the team who have to actually transcribe the nonsense that we sometimes speak together. (laughs) There's also uh, an exercise pack and a vocabulary sheet for each episode too. So you can find out all about that at coffeebreakfrench.com. Okay, and you can also check us out on uh, Facebook, I think? Of course, facebook.com slash coffeebreakfrench. French. Good. Uh, Twitter? Twitter, we are just at Learn French. Instagram? Instagram, Coffee Break Languages, and there you can find all our photos. And in fact, you know what we'll do just before we finish, we'll take a little photo in the studio here and we'll put that up on the Instagram for this week, I think. Uh, anything else? I think that is it. And I think it's about time we finished off here because I think I'm going to go and look up some French BD. Oh, très bien. Okay, au revoir à tous. Merci beaucoup et à la prochaine. Salut. Ciao. You have been listening to a production of the Coffee Break Academy for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2019, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2019, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.